0: Aaron Rose, you are first up this week. Hello. Uh, no kitsch because 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 we have an exciting um, guest with us today, all the way from the, the halls. Is it Ryerson? Lucas, is that right?
1: Yes, Toronto Metropolitan Toronto University. Now oh, Toronto <laughs> Right, right, exactly. I should I should know that. That's that's terrible by me.
0: So Lucas, welcome uh, to the podcast. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna kick things right off because I am interested in your story. Um, so why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you how who you are, what what's going on in your life, and how did you get to the stage where you have built uh, a fairly I mean, not even fairly like a very impressive uh following on on your socials around the whole idea of a basketball community, uh and sort of just uh throwing it out there. So I'm I'm really curious. Give me give me the origins of this thing.
1: Uh hi everyone, my name's Lucas, a fourth year sport media student at Toronto Metropolitan University. Uh, I'm NBA in depth on Instagram if you're curious. I started that I was about 15 years old in high school when I just started making NBA content for fun uh, just as a total hobby just something I enjoyed to do a spare time Um, and it just kind of quickly took off from there into more video content reels breakdown written work so no this is what I enjoy doing. Obviously grew up a hardcore Raptors fan still am a Raptors fan but I do more Um, across the association stuff than just purely raptor stuff at this point
0: now are you uh were you a baller in uh grade school high school
1: (laughs) i was good for where i was like i went like we did uh like we were an offset team in my last year of high school but i was not like i was just pure shooter on that yeah but shout it
0: out what's the high school
1: <laughs> this is a high school of about uh 200 kids, uh, Rito District High School in Elgin, Ontario, if you're so inclined to to find that
0: so what was that uh what officer? because so we were like I think when I was in high school, I played for uh Walkerville and we were like double As I, they still do single double
1: trip was that what it, was that what it? Yeah, is? yeah. So, so you guys were in a single A we were single A yeah, so this was single A officer.
0: So. oh nice so all right, so your basketball you so you got some basketball uh blood in you, and then at fifteen you decide I'm going to start creating content. Uh, what you've done now, but take me through that phase a little bit. So you said, you know, you started with like, why don't you t- like give me one an idea and we'll, we'll shout out. Uh, I know you, you just mentioned it, but we'll shout out um, and we'll get it on there with respect to uh, your page and what you've got going on. But give me the, like, just give me a, a little bit more detail of sort of like, what's the idea behind it? You got 160,000 followers. I mean, why are people following?
1: <laughs> um, I always say I got into Instagram at a really good time because when I started um, it was like, you had your bleacher reports and your ESPNs, but there weren't any like theme pages, fan pages, right? There weren't any like solo quote unquote brand creators on Instagram at the time. So I just started. I'm like, oh, whatever. There's, you know, a, a huge niche for this potentially. Uh So I started with that. And obviously now there's a thousand people doing what I'm doing, right? So it's no longer... Novel, but when I first started, there weren't a lot of people doing that, so I think it caught on really quick from there, and I really enjoyed doing it, so obviously I stuck with it
0: like was House of highlights like a kind of an influence on like was that part of your sphere when you were thinking this thing up
1: yeah like i I wasn't necessarily looking to be like a highlights page per se, but those kind of uh like those audiences, just any brands that were making content at the time, it was all like these media corporations, right there weren't any just solo like right. hey, this is one dude making opinions, analysis, whatever. Like there just wasn't really anyone doing that in like 2016, 17. Well, listen, I think it's awesome. Uh 160,000
0: followers for like a part-time, you know, sort of hobby or gig, however you, however you're doing is, is very impressive. So congratulations on that. Now, the next most important question I'm going to have for you, have you ever listened to this podcast?
1: I have. I will listen to the last two episodes, actually, with the all-star breakdowns. Yep. (laughs)
0: Okay. Good. So you're you're still. I'm gonna I'm gonna consider you um maybe a borderline um Raptors virgin with a couple of uh, episodes under your belt. But that's um. So we're gonna go there, which is good because that way you and I can have an unfettered conversation with no preconceived notions. You're gonna hear shit from Aaron. Say things, but don't worry about it. Right. Just it's you and me. We're gonna focus, and I'm I'm positive sky's the limit uh kind of guy as as i'm sure uh, aaron will tell you here in a second so um all right so listen why don't we start here uh in raptor world um and you know because you're the guest lucas i'm gonna go right back to you why don't you before we get into this like usually what we do is we do a bit of a raptors recap the last couple of games that have been played but before we do that why don't you just give me your thoughts on the season uh year to date and then i'd be interested to know like uh Your thoughts on how we got here and then what do you actually think uh is the future for this for this team
1: um i'm actually pretty happy with uh the building blocks of the team right now all of the the siakam and the og stuff that was like a year late for me like the siakam trade came a year late the og thing was okay because we got a pretty good haul for that i think uh, uh rj barrett has been not way better, but he's been better than I was expecting when I see that trade. I'm like, Barrett's kind of not the salary filler, but I'm like, okay, he's going to start. He'll be fine. But I was like, oh no, like, quickly is the guy. Quickly's going to be our guy now. Um, but Bar- Barrett's been awesome. Uh, we haven't really had our lineup for as long as we'd hoped for. I think we've only had five games with like quickly, Barrett, Barnes, Pertle all in the lineup. Obviously, we're just kind of dead on arrival defensively without Pertle. So, uh, We've liked having them. I think we're yeah three and two, with those five I have here. Sorry if that's wrong, but no, I like the process. I like um, season as a whole. Uh, I've liked Scotty Barnes' development. Obviously, I didn't. I wasn't expecting him to get the All Star nod. I'm like, if you can only take twelve, he's probably like fourteen, fifteen in the East there. But third year, he looks great as a whole uh, against the Thunder last night. Not great. Didn't love that, especially in the fourth quarter. Kind of fizzled oh, out with that. Yeah, I figured it fizzles out a little bit in the half court and I don't even mind if quickly is running the show, but yeah, you get into five minute stretches where Scotty's just invisible almost. And that's like, that doesn't look great, but as a whole for this season, I think he's been great. I'm pretty happy with where we're at right now.
0: All right. So by that rationale, if I, if I said, give me a 12 and 24 month horizon, where's this team 12 months from now? Where's this team 24 months from now?
1: kind of depends on what happens these next few months i guess with our pick right i mean top six protected there and that rolls over to 25 as well so um you hope next season that we're like legitimately kind of in the play-in mix like i'm not we're probably not a top six seed i'm gonna guess in 2025 but i hope we're not like kind of on the bottom end of that like right at, what are we at right now i don't even know what seed we are, I think but we're, we're six
0: or seven. like we're, we're six or seven worst record in the league right now yeah, so i think we're
1: 12th in the conference yeah that, yeah i would expect that'll be better uh next year i'm more interested or not more interested but right now i'm kind of interested to see what happens with uh bruce brown i really like bruce brown um i think that team option is like totally fine to pick up he can start he can come off the bench for us i'd be a little upset if we sold low on him at the deadline i think but he's someone that i look at as like okay this is like kind of our fifth sixth best guy and that's a good guy to have um in that spot but next year i'm not like i'm not over stepping there i'm not expecting us to be like a top six seed but i would like us to be out of the lottery here for sure next season uh, Lucas, I get the
0: sense that your version of A Little Bit Upset and my version of A Little Bit Upset might be very different. Um it might be. Okay. That's okay. You're young. That's the way it should be. I'm old and, um, yeah, I'm just an old curmudgeon now at this, at this stage of my life. So, um, all right, listen, I know Aaron is itching uh, to get in here. Uh, Aaron, anything you want to ask Lucas to start or before we get into uh, sort of the state of the current um, nation?
2: Well, I hope he's. Not going to be too heartbroken when they trade Bruce Brown at some point in the next few days because uh, uh, Lucas probably should start uh, getting ready for that. That that I think is, is coming pretty soon. And, and I think he gave Scotty, uh, I think he said five minutes without Scotty doing much. And by my math, it was closer to 13 minutes. He took <laughs> a field goal with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and then attempted one field goal the rest of the final 13 minutes, including both overtimes, which was incredibly alarming. And we will talk if that was more Scotty Barnes or more uh, head coach Darko Ryakovich keeping him uninvolved. But if this guy is going to be the face of your franchise, for whatever reason, uh, that can't be happening. He needed to be way more involved uh, late in that game. Uh, and, and Lucas, like, what did you see? Who, who, I, I don't want to say there's plenty of blame to go around, but who do you, how do you break down like what happened late in that game between Scotty essentially standing in the corner? And as I said on social today, he looked like Danny Green. He looked like a, an offensive role player spacing the court. And when he's not in a high end shooter, when he's supposed to be the face of your team, that can't be happening.
1: Yeah, the final possession in regulation was pretty rough. You get twelve seconds uh, to inbound and then get into some kind of a set or just pick and roll or some kind of action, and then all of a sudden, uh, Scotty throws a flaming bag to Gary Trent, uh, free throw line extended with three seconds left, and it's like, okay, well that's just nothing, right? And then that was kind of it. He didn't really touch the ball after that, and when he did, he certainly wasn't looking at the rim, right? So, end of that game was pretty disappointing, but I. All I'm three, gonna... all three ends of that game were disappointing. Yeah, all three ends yeah. of the game were disappointing. But I think it started with regulation. It almost felt like he, like, quiet quit kind of on the rest of the game after well, regulation. There,
0: Luke. It's funny you say that because uh, we were just talking about that before you, um, before you came on. Like, it, it did seem like he had some indifference, maybe some frustration, because if you look at the clip that uh, Aaron posted uh, around sort of his last, um, you know, ten minutes. Uh, of game action like he is. He's standing around. He's not doing it. It would look, it would appear that he was calling for the ball, not getting the ball, not being looked at. So, but here comes, here comes, I guess maybe before we, like, if you want to break down just last night, let's take a step back. Like, let's break it down since the trade. Like if you look at his n- numbers since the two trades, um, they're in decline, right? Every, I think everything is down uh since that time. Now I get it. the And I think it might be one of those things where, trying to figure out like i I don't think i ever completely appreciated what it's like to uh, bring new parts into the into the mix and and have them mesh right away i just assume like that was an easy thing to do but if you look at things like the clippers right james harden shows up they lose their first i don't know four or five games whatever it was and people are calling for oh my god it's gonna be a disaster trade and now they've meshed and uh yes aaron i think i was one of them saying but even though i still hope it is but i so far i'm wrong about uh, the Harden disaster in, in LA land, but um, you know, you see that. And then now you look, you got Terry Rozier walks into Miami, right? It's definitely been a slow start for, for that group. And I think there's a lot of history. I mean, listen, you go back to uh, the Miami heat days, the big three with those guys, it took them a while to get going that very first year. Like, I think there is something to that, uh, which is, is maybe creating um, uh, more of an issue and like I said, if they've only had five or six games together, so maybe we're still not feeling our process. But the part that concerns me about this group and if this is the core group going forward, it would appear that IQ and Barrett don't necessarily realize this is Scotty's team. Right. And I think some of that is on coaching. So we can get to that in a minute, too. But I, I don't get the sense that Scotty is uh, the alpha dog in the locker room practice sessions on the court where they're going, Oh yeah, I've got to defer to this guy. There seems to be no deferential treatment to him and they're all just kind of doing their own thing. So maybe that'll change. Um, but if last night is a, becomes a trend, well, obviously that is very, very disturbing. So I don't know what you guys think about this being just a, uh, is it more of a mesh um, and they're just trying to figure this, all the shit out, or could we have some basketball personality conflicts here about uh ball usage rates, that sort of thing. So Aaron, why don't you uh, chime in on that?
2: Yeah, I'm not too concerned about them meshing, although I do think that Emmanuel Quickly is sort of a ball dominant guy. And I think if Scotty is going to be the best version of himself, he either needs to maybe be in kind of that role, or he needs to be in a role that Jakob Pirtle's in, where he's sort of playing as a small ball big man who's creating out of sort of the post. And with Jakob Pirtle being there... The Raptors were running a lot of Emmanuel quickly and Jakob Pertle two-man actions toward the end of the game. And frankly, a lot of them were really successful. But when you're doing that, you found Scottie Barnes standing in the corner. And that just shouldn't be the Raptors' late-game offense. So. Maybe it was going to the hot hand, as I said, quickly was playing really well, but, uh, Scotty certainly, again, needed to be more involved. And I think maybe it's just finding how to use him. And then, then as Lucas mentioned, I think it was actually the end of the first overtime when the ball just found Scotty, I guess the Raptors drew up a play and he just stood there dribbling against Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, not looking to attack whatsoever. The Raptors got a switch, which I don't really know why you want that switch where you have Lou Dort, one of the best defenders in the NBA on Scotty Barnes, and then you make the pass to Gary Trent Jr. Now I'm okay with a star player passing out of that situation, but you gotta at least look to create advantage because it's not, you don't want you know, Gary Trent Jr. going one-on-one against Shea Gilgis Alexander. Maybe you want the second help defender coming over because Scotty tried to create advantage and then you make the pass. So it's not that Scotty Barnes didn't shoot there. It's that Scotty Barnes didn't look to do anything. They showed a clip. They showed a clip where it looked like out of the timeout. uh, If if you're reading Scotty's lips, he kind of made a decision before the play even started that he was going to pass to Gary Trent Jr. And that's just not what you want to see from the guy that you think is going to be the guy for this organization moving forward. So Lucas, would
0: you agree with the following statement that, our offense uh runs best when it runs through scotty and i'll I'll, I'll second there's two-parter and that late games crunch time possessions the the ball should absolutely run through scotty
1: um i don't think you have to be so strict like certain sets have to run through certain guys i always thought with the acquisition of quickly at least in the interim um he's actually going to be better at kind of creating that late game offense for us just in terms of at least uh raw live dribble decision making right so i think that is actually what quickly is going to be really good at for us <clears throat> excuse me um but uh, like with scotty it's just uh, like actually looking at the rim and at least pretending to be aggressive even when the game slows down because a lot of his damage last night it's on these cuts it's when it's the point five offense right they're zipping the ball around a million times all of a sudden barrett's got a head of steam to the rim and then oh there's scotty at the rim and he's got an easy layup off the cut but when that isn't there you would hope that he's a little more aggressive with hunting out mismatches when he has the ball or posting up when he's got a smaller guy on him but yeah just hiding out in the corner like once in a while is like obviously everyone has to do that right like unless you're LeBron James basically you just have to do that um but yeah last night for Aaron what you said 13 minutes straight basically like that you can't uh, you don't want to see that too often well,
0: Lucas, listen. It's like you're. It's like you're a, a full time member of this podcast. The way you're disagreeing with me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you're fitting. You're fitting right in. Yeah. You know what? Kitch Kitch may be out of a job. Um, well, listen. No, I hear what you said, and I and I agree. I don't know if it has to be completely restricted to Scotty running the offense, but I do. I'm just a big believer in we are at our best when that ball flows through him because I do believe he's a good decision maker. Like I really like. I just think what is the point of ever having him stand in the corner? I get it. He's a much better three point shooter. Uh, than he's ever been, but he's hardly a lockdown or a knockdown, uh a guy that you, you know, you think it's automatic every time he shoots. it. he's not to that stage yet. So having him sit in a corner like he might be a, a three-point threat, I just don't think it's the best use of his of his skill set when we need to create, right? And obviously someone like Gary, he's the last guy we want creating off the dribble. Right. I mean he he's the guy who should be in the corner uh shooting that three off creation. So So that then maybe leads into a conversation. And, you know, Lucas, if you have not listened to the podcast or seen too many of our clips, uh, you'll know that I have my doubts about Darko um, as a head coach. So before I go into that little uh, rant again, uh, I'm curious what are your thoughts on Darko uh, 50 some odd games into his first year?
1: Uh, Again, it's a little different than like the Adrian Griffin scenario, right? Like there aren't expectations for us to win immediately. And like I'm not obviously i'm not intimately involved with the team so i don't know like i don't have anything to say about darko as like a person or anything like that no. right? but everyone that writes about him it's like this guy is an amazing guy you read any of the okc beat writer stuff it's like darko is literally just a godsend right so and he sounds like a great dude not that um not that nick nurse wasn't but from what you hear nick nurse was a little more like rough not yeah. maybe the the gentlest voice in the world and it does seem like darko is that, and he's more about empowering everyone rather than being like, okay, like Scotty's our, you know, sacred cow, right? He's kind of trying to lift everyone up, which I I appreciate, especially early on in this little rebuild. All
0: right, well, listen, that was a very nice... Um, accommodation for, for Coach Darko, but
1: I'm curious,
0: maybe we'll, uh, maybe I'm going to grill you a little bit harder here. I'm curious, what do you think of his, in, his in-game style? Like, how do you, like, as a coach, I agree. Everything you said, that seems to be the end. I think, Aaron, you would probably uh,
2: corroborate all that around the, the media side of it. Guys love them, right? You, your, your industry loves them. Well, he, he's he's been a good guy, and it's tough to know again what happens behind the scenes. But everyone speaks highly of him. It's just uh, it, you know it's it's been fair to question his in-game decision making at times. Although again, it's not like this roster is perfectly put together and all the pieces fit. So he's he's having to uh, make chicken salad with, with something less than chicken. Uh, but he also wasn't drawing up plays like Mark Daigneau, and I know Luke has posted about that. They had a great late game uh, play oh, where I think Aaron awesome. Wiggins scored and yeah you a know little, that, that little play great, right yeah and and we haven't necessarily seen that from darko and if the play at the end of the first overtime was just like get the ball to scotty it wasn't a ton of creativity there um But, but yeah, I I think it's increasingly fair to wonder about those things, but, but I'm not ready to, you know, get rid of him.
0: I think I've been too hard on him as far as me saying things like, uh, he'll be fired by the, the all-star game next year that maybe he's not, he's a one and done coach. I probably, I probably have been too critical of him from that standpoint. However, Lucas, I am going to, I will stick to my guns in that, uh, everything I've seen to this point. Would suggest that his in-game management, his situational management, his ability to get a good look at the end of games, like those things, just they're question marks. I'm not saying that it's it's a foregone conclusion. I'm just saying that there's, there's significant questions around that part of his uh, skill set. Like, obviously, the guys love him. I think he's a motivator. Uh, I think guys want to play for him, which are all very important things. But at the end of the day, if you're not putting those guys in the best positions to succeed late in games when you when you have to have when you have to come out with wins, and we really haven't been all. I mean, there hasn't been a close game we've won in a while. Um. So, like, am I am I on the wrong path there, Lucas? Do you think am I being too hard by suggesting that his his in game stuff seems to be a, a pretty big question mark at the moment?
1: No, like it's it, it's fair to wonder about it. It's just not something that I'm personally uh stressing over this early on but no of course like he's not mark diagonal drawing up these brilliant plays like the sideline out of bounds stuff the atos he's been the ato king forever now but i i just don't look too deep into that uh this early at least the one thing that i've always been like wow like this seems a little odd is he runs he runs through timeouts really quickly Oh, um, so all of a sudden it, you get to the last five minutes and you're like, whoa, we don't have any timeouts left. Like what, what happened there? So that, well, that
0: you know, what? you're, yeah. you're, you're jumping into my, what drives you crazy? Cause <laughs> okay. it was going to be a big part of it, but I may have to, I may have to switch it up now. Cause well, let's talk about it now. I agree. It's ridiculous. The number of times at the end of games, this is what I'm talking about. How do we end up out of timeouts all the time? I feel he's so quick. Like last night uh, we were up 23 against OKC last night. And I, <laughs> We're, they they get a 6-0 run, boom, it's timeout, right? Two minutes so, later, it's down to 11, timeout.
2: So right. Alvin Williams talked about this, where he was like, if you guys, he, he was oh. speaking as if he was the coach, where he was saying like, if you guys can't stop them, I'm going to stop them as, as the head coach. That sometimes when it's a 6-0 run and things are getting out of hand and you got to... The defense isn't clamping down it's just like the coach has to call a timeout to change something and because you don't want what yeah. actually ended up happening where it was like a 19-2 run so so i think part of the reason they're out of timeouts late in games is because they're letting teams go on six seven eight oh runs and darko saying okay if you guys won't figure out defense yeah. i gotta call a timeout yeah, and we six, gotta draw something six... up
0: Six, eight, oh, runs or two, could be two, three possessions max. Like, that's not unheard of for a team to score three times in a row in the NBA. Like, that's not unheard of. The, the issue is that we didn't score the other time uh, down the floor, right? That makes it the eight, oh, run. All I'm saying is, young team, um, and, and I really do think it, it, it it's maybe uh, generational here a little bit, but let these guys work through it. Let them figure it out on the fly. It's okay. Like, it's okay to go have them go on a 12-0, 14-0 run. Let these guys work through that stuff because what did they do? What did they stop the eight zero 0 run on, the, on their own? And we actually have three timeouts left towards the end of the game when we can actually use them. Like, that's the thing. I just think there's a it, – it's – it, and it comes back to, I think, the messaging around the team. Like, what are we really trying to do here? If we're not trying to win games – Right. And we're sort of positioning ourselves for the best possible draft. Then you know what? All the more reason to let these guys get as much experience as possible and let them figure some of this shit out on their own and not coddle them around a six. Like I don't listen. I I might be old school. I'm not sure a six or run at any point ever is worthy of a timeout. That could just be me. It could be a generational thing, Lucas. I don't know how you feel, but that's where I'm at.
1: No, it would have to be like an egregious, like three consecutive, just total defensive breakdowns. Yeah, it's like a missed shot, fast break. Like that's you know, like that happens.
0: Yeah. So I mean, like, you know, we we go around circles with the whole Darko thing here on some of this stuff, but I do think it'll be very interesting going into next year to see if uh, what sort of adjustments he makes. Again, like we've talked about this before, but I think he probably needs a stronger bench uh, of coaches around, or at least one. Uh, senior dude around him, uh, so I think that, yeah, the jury's out for me still on Darko. Is he going to be like? Would I probably like to have that bet with Aaron over that he'll be gone by the All Star break? Probably, but I'll, I'm I'll live with it because I'm not I'm not completely convinced uh, that. I would just say I've probably felt pretty strongly about it before. I'm probably more like thirty seventy now, and that's probably is probably still too high. So, um, all right, listen, what uh, let's talk about this trade deadline coming up. Uh, I'm curious from both of you. Who do you think who do you think gets
2: traded from the Raptors in the next 5 days, 4 days? Well, I'll ask Lucas. Like you made that comment that was like you're going to be heartbroken, just crying when they trade <laughs> Bruce Brown. Well, what no, what would be a good that return? That's a little dramatic. I don't think Lucas was. I don't, that's what he This <laughs> one
0: I can tell it, Lucas doesn't stress about anything. I think he's good with whatever happens. going to be go devastated. I think his biggest issue is he's living in a basement. That's probably <laughs> the thing that stresses him out the most. No windows. He's got no windows.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he he said he was going to be devastated if they trade Bruce Brown. So what is a Bruce Brown trade that you're like you'll you'll be able to you know sleep well at night knowing that that's what they got in return for Bruce Brown?
1: Yeah. I'd, um I try to be realistic. If anything, like I know it's. Uh, there's a high chance he's gone. My thing was I just don't want to, um, like sell him like just for nothing, right? Like if it right. just ends up being like a couple seconds, I'm like, no, take that in the off season, pick up the team option. More teams are going to have more picks to trade at that point, um, because that's kind of the problem right now. Everyone's kind of fighting over the same like little pool of draft picks. So I like I'm going through teams that would be interested in Bruce Brown, and I'm like, well, geez, he's probably not like their first choice though, right? So that would be. The only way I think he sticks around is if you get a team that's like, hey, this isn't like our number one target. Like, would you take two, three, four seconds for him? And at that point, you keep him. But the moment you get even a remotely real first round pick, you obviously have to move him at that point.
0: Yeah. And that, I think that, listen, I, but I do think the market for him is shrinking by the day. When, when the Lakers all of a sudden look a hell of a lot better, uh, they were, in the, they were uh, rumored to be in the Bruce Brown market um so i'm i'm less convinced that he goes uh, i would have said a week ago if 100% he goes i'm less convinced today um but won't be surprised if he does go but i do like like of course like he is an asset and so we are absolutely if we don't trade him we're going to we're going to uh, take the option and we'll move him at some point next year which not necessarily a, a core strategy of this front office team, but I think we will definitely keep the asset uh, and and try and maximize it. But Aaron, I think you feel pretty strongly he's gone. Uh, would you like to propose or do you have any, uh, what's your odds on favor for the Bruce Brown sweepstakes?
2: Yeah, I, I, the Knicks make some sense to me. He seems like a Knicks player. And although I don't think the Knicks are going to, Add Bruce Brown and win a championship this year because of it. I think that they're building towards something down the road, and that team option gives them some flexibility to maybe add him into a trade in the summer if, if they really go out and try making a superstar trade. They have a ton of first-round picks. They're one of the few really good teams, along with OKC, that has a surplus of first-round picks. And if you could get any of those almost, uh, I think I would do it. I prefer something that's not in the 2024 draft, this year's draft. But if you could get like even the Knicks 2025 first-round pick and the Evan Fournier contract, which actually I think has a team option for next year yeah. if you wanted to keep that flexibility as an expiring contract. Not that Evan Fournier is going to get people excited, but there's a a first-round pick. And then we know Lucas can sleep at night because they got a first-round pick uh, for Bruce Brown. So I think that trade makes sense. You look at the other teams that are interested, supposedly, like uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are said to be interested. The the Denver Nuggets are a team that we've heard reported, but they don't have the contracts that you can trade for Bruce Brown. So I think that's one of the things that's complicated. And and you mentioned the Lakers, and they have a few contracts, but I'm not sure the Raptors are necessarily interested in taking back long-term money. And then if you're the Lakers and you add Bruce Brown... Are you like, okay, now we have our big three, like now we're going to win a championship. We got uh, LeBron, James, Anthony Davis, Bruce Brown, and Austin Reeves. Here we go. So I don't know if that necessarily puts them into the the top tier in the West. So I think a Bruce Brown trade might be complicated, but I agree with Lucas that it's like, if you can get a first round pick, ideally, I think in 2025, I would would do that pretty quickly.
0: Would you, Lucas, would you take D'Angelo Russell and a 2027 Lakers first round pick for Bruce Brown?
2: Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, those Lakers picks are gold, basically, right? They but, are gold, I know. But you're if you're the Lakers, you're not offering that pick for Bruce Brown. Like, it's DeJounte Murray not. or Bust, right? Probably and I say, not. And I say that with the, the Knicks, too, right? Like, the Knicks, their main thing is they need, like, another point guard, real ball handler. So I think of the Knicks, I'm like, well, geez, I think they're more likely to be going after malcolm brogdon with that first round pick than bruce brown right for so sure. you, you can come up with a small handful of teams that in theory is like oh bruce brown would be good for them but they're like oh this he's like two or three on their wish list right so that's that's my only pause like are like are we sure we're gonna get a first for bruce brown yeah and if we don't like, and if we don't we just keep him. like we just go into the offseason with him. and the that's the only totally way fine. we can
0: get a first now for him i think is if you find their team that's literally thinks he's a piece he's the seventh or eighth yeah. man on that team, that's a huge piece that they think they can win a title with, and they're willing to to risk it. So, um, and those are few and far between. I mean, Denver is an interesting one. I think Denver would love to have him back, and I think he'd love to go back there. But I agree with you; it's it's tough to get there. On I don't know who they have to. Have
2: they to don't give have the up salaries to, to, to make it yeah. happen. They just, All right,
0: yeah. Lucas. Who then? Who does go? What about if I said? To you, uh, how about this? I'm gonna give, I'm gonna throw a couple names. You tell me if they stay or go. Pertle stays. Yeah. Aaron.
2: I think he stays. I would be listening to calls for him oh, if anyone's making those calls. I just don't know calls? who is trading for a center at this point. I think, you know, Jakob Pertle would make some sense on a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they have a ton of first-round picks, but then it's like you're totally changing your offense. You go from having Chet Holmgren Damn, that guy can shoot some threes. Uh, a really exciting player. And then you have Jakob Pertl on a, a four-year deal moving forward. And I think maybe that's a little bit clunky. And then you look around. Who else needs a center? Maybe the San Antonio Spurs need a center. But I don't think they're, they're going to do that trade. Uh, Trades these backsies. Uh, and, and other than that, it's kind of weird. So I, I think he stays. But if I could find a place for him and I could save face, I, I would certainly do that deal. 100%. Like I said, they should be making those calls, not waiting for him. That is for sure. Um,
0: all right, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Lucas.
1: Again, it's it's just hard to find the suitor, right? It's like, oh well, geez, LA would love to have him back. And I'm sure he'd love to be back in LA. But it's again like, what are you what are they giving up for Schroeder, right? And he's now that he's a backup, like he he's a good backup, genuinely good backup point guard. It was just as a starter next to Pascal Siakam and a non-shooting big in Pertle, where it's like, God, this looks really rough. Right. But now as a backup, you're like, this is like totally what about fine next,
0: what about the next name that he might might be perfect for the next
1: he might be perfect tibbs guy but i think i just think malcolm brogdon makes more sense for them as like kind of another creator off the bench i don't yeah bench. i think brogdon's more upside
2: for sure yeah. for sure for sure i was looking at something with the lakers where could you do like uh, you know a gabe vincent swap and there's more term on gabe vincent's deal he's a little bit younger obviously he's been injured all year but Schroeder goes back to the Lakers and maybe they, they send Gabe Vincent to maybe has the shooting that the Raptors could use at least theoretically when he's healthy. And, <laughs> and either you get a couple second round picks, maybe you get a pick swap with one of those coveted Lakers first round picks. Maybe that's too much to ask for, but I was thinking maybe something there makes sense. Yeah.
0: To. Yeah. I, don't, like, I think, yeah, I think anyone who's in the, like, cause if you think about the point guard or backup point guard market, right. I mean, guys who think they're starting point guards who have to go take a role. I mean, it's probably Schroeder and Brogdon are, are the two, biggest names are, are sort of most qualified who are on shitty teams uh that would that could help right so yeah i mean yeah i i guess my gut well listen if we go back to um so lucas you may not know this but there is some um some back and forth in this podcast about uh messiah and what he says whether or not it becomes reality or or should we hold him accountable to those words but like he did suggest i think in that press conference where aaron made him cry um that there are moves coming right? This is not, this is not something they're sitting on and that it was unlikely they were going to go into this draft with three or four potential picks. Uh, so by that rationale, someone's got to go or the picks have to move at least. Um, but I can't imagine just moving picks to bring back players. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense either. So i mean, we're getting pretty thin here around who has Mark. I mean, the guys in our team with, with, I guess, some sort of um, marketable skills. I mean, Pirtle, Schroeder, Brown, right? Uh, I mean, after that, is there is there anybody else? There's
2: Gary. So, yeah. so okay, I sort right. of feel yeah. similarly to Lucas when he talks about Bruce Brown, where it's like, are you getting a second round pick for Gary Trent Jr.? And if that's all you're getting, a second round pick, or two second round picks, or three second round picks, like maybe you can get him for something just above the mid level exception. Like he he certainly cost himself some money, and and if you can bring him back for you know fifteen million dollars next year, a pay cut uh, on maybe. Something with some long term salary. Like he's a really good three point shooter. And if you ask him to be a three point shooter who can space the floor, come off the bench for the team, we know he's, for whatever reason, much better as a starter than he is off the bench. But like, would you rather sign him to a couple of years uh, at a cheaper salary than trade him for like two second round picks from a really good team? I sort of feel the way Lucas feels about Bruce Brown when it comes to Gary Trent Jr. Right. What do you think? Lucas, Gary Trent, stay or go?
1: Yeah, I think he. Again, it just comes down to you just have to look at the teams that may, in theory, be interested or could use him and be like, okay, like what do they have to trade? Well, find in?
0: me a landing spot for him because I think he's a tougher one than, than – I think he moves Schurter or even Pirtle probably before he can move him for, as far yeah. as a good fit.
1: So I, I don't think we're going to move Trent, but the four teams that I had listed here for Trent that – teams toronto should be calling like hey do you want to give us some for trent so i had brooklyn charlotte orlando and sacramento where the kind orlando of orlando
0: was one i had yeah. orlando makes a ton of sense
1: i had orlando um, as my top destination for him like uh last summer before he picked up the the player option there which i was surprised by i wasn't expecting him to do that
0: so so but are you suggesting to me that we're going to have another potential unrestricted free agent not get moved to the deadline and we see him walk for nothing is that what you're telling me lucas
1: yeah i, I just don't think we're moving trent for a couple oh, second geez, round picks, wow. I know. I I just don't think we're doing it, and I don't think Brooklyn is. Well, Brooklyn doesn't have any first to trade, but that. I just, yeah, I just I think can't. like if you're Orlando, it's like you're just not trading a first for Trent. Wow. Right? You know, like,
0: it's good you're on this week because I might explode on next week's podcast if that's the case.
1: I mean, just I can't. You cannot.
0: We you. I would move him for a second round draft pick. I would move him for something mm-hmm. to let
2: as opposed to letting
0: him walk for nothing. You just can't. Yeah. You just, right, but you just could
2: just... you could sign him, right? You could either extend uh-huh. him tomorrow, or you could re-sign him to a deal that is below what he's getting paid now. Well, and well, whether you... or not he's like a a great player long term, he has essentially shown no development over the past three years. But like, can he be a bench score, a three point shooter on like a, the team next year? Sure. I mean, I I think
0: the only way you're thinking that is if. You, um if you think you can move him next year or the year beyond, right? Like that's the only reason why you're doing that. You're not signing him as part of like the, the future. You're signing him to keep your asset, I guess, which again, I don't think that's a horrible strategy, but I don't know if the market for Gary ever gets to where we would want it to to be, right? He's pretty one dimensional now in what he brings to the table. Everyone knows what, you kind of know who Gary Trent is. So I don't know if that market's going to change much. All right. Anyone else that we could see? Uh, because we can't really even package a lot of guys, right? Because uh, like a Bruce Brown has to be traded one straight up, right? You can't be packaged. Um, so yeah, I don't like, I don't know if we're going to see a, a Chris Boucher thrown in there. Can I interest would...
2: you in uh, Chris Boucher for an expiring contract deal? Like uh, any, oh, yeah, any, if yes, I could, any which one. Yes. Yeah. If I can get rid of Chris Boucher without giving up a second round pick or more than that, I would be interested in that. I think Chris Boucher has been like a, a good player for the relatively speaking, good player for the Raptors, a good dude. He's, you know, the last remaining guy from the championship team. I like him on this team, but for whatever reason, Darko, he's not he's been in the doghouse with Darko all year. Like Darko yeah, has had him out of the rotation lately. So if he's not a guy that's going to be with the Raptors long term, I think he's got like twelve or fourteen million dollars next year and just if you could save some money there. Without giving something up, uh, I would be doing that just about anywhere.
0: All right, well, I guess we. I guess we'll
2: know. Lucas, anyone?
1: Do you think anyone wants Chris Boucher? Um, just as uh, like an asset, no. Um, like you would have to pay someone to take Chris Boucher. And the one team that I'm looking through that it's like, oh, they might actually be able to use someone like him is uh, Sacramento. But again, I've always like I've pegged Sacramento as like a John Isaac team, so it's like Boucher would be like a well, super I can super tell budget. You, John no Isaac team. Guy.
0: No team. Barber. Wants Chris Boucher to come up with the, his rotation of, of hairdos. So there's, there's no way, there's no way that people are, are clamping down for him on that. So, um, all right. Listen, um, let, before we, before we move off, uh, Raptor slash Canadian basketball, Lucas, I'm curious. Quick thoughts on Team Canada based on the fact that we had half the team there last night. Um, any, uh, any thoughts on the, on the Shea Barrett Dort combo in the, uh, the upcoming Olympics?
2: You, left out. you forgot a pretty good player on that. Yeah, so uh, you forgot Denver a Nuggets.
0: good player on that. <laughs> well, it's just the it first three. That I who, no. who else did I, met? Who did I miss? Jamal Boucher? Murray. Yeah. Oh, Jamal. No, I met the guys that were playing last night. I met the guys that yeah. were playing last night. Come on. I'm like, who did I miss from last night? Boucher. Yeah, I missed Boucher. Sorry. <laughs> He's on my bench. He's on my Team Canada bench, too.
1: No, my, uh, I'm not super into the international scene obviously i watched the world cup last summer I, it's just exciting having a team canada team that's like oh this is like a legitimate basketball team now i'm interested to see what exactly shea and murray look like together because yeah. obviously, obviously we didn't get to see that and i'm i'm not fully convinced we're gonna actually see that um in the olympics either um but because you never know yeah. right with the knee and so there's always something with murray unfortunately um yeah excited.
0: i mean I have my doubts that he's going to make it too. I mean, he says all the right things, but um yeah, I but I do I'm with you. It is interesting. It's exciting for the first time in a while to have a team that we think we can actually compete with at, at with the big boys. So yeah, I think I think it'll be but I mean, Shay's Listen, what do you think give me this. What do you think the odds are Shay ever plays in a Raptors uniform?
1: Ooh. Oh, I mean how old is he? This is like his sixth or seventh season. He's like twenty five, twenty he's like twenty five, twenty six years old. His career could be another ten to twelve years, right? You are just Wow, this is so much optimism. The answer just, is he's not playing in Toronto. I was gonna say you're just throwing darts, right? You don't I actually did, what, know. But of course my it. answer is you probably it. why doesn't. why do
0: you both believe he's never come to Toronto?
1: Aaron? He's, he's gonna he's get like, paid really well oh sorry go for it Aaron go for it yeah he, he's
2: he's like he seems would you want to leave that Oklahoma City team right now like that team is built perfectly around him right now they have did you know they have three first round picks this year and I think they might have three first round picks next year like they are so loaded moving forward I, like I, I would sign a career contract if you could sign one of those baseball contracts where it's like 13 years, whatever Shohei Ohtani got, that's what they need to let, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander do and, uh, sign for the next 13 years with OKC. I, I don't see him leaving.
0: So you don't think there's any draw for him to play back in Canada? Okay. Maybe he signed, he signed in 21 a five year, uh, five year So that takes him to 26. So they have to deal with him next summer for an extension um so obviously that'll be the telling because if we don't get him on the next contract at that some stage i'm not sure we want him at 32 33 so it is to me i'll, it is I'll take
2: him at 32 or 33 uh,
0: you know what I, not everyone's steph curry trust me I, I don't believe i don't believe that the uh guards can continue to play um but or past past their like their mid-30s but um yeah listen i have not given up hope on that at all you guys uh, yeah speaking of Downtrod negativity jeez Shay's coming home baby Shea is coming i think we're gonna have, i think kelly olenek's coming home uh olenek i mean uh i think uh what's his face from dallas Powell. Can- yeah i think they're all coming back
2: i think we might have team canada on our uh, in within two years i really do this team is gonna have no canadians potentially next week Actually, no, R.J. Barrett. I forgot R.J. But all, R. J. but like Ken Birch is gone, Delano Banton's gone, Chris uh, Boucher might be gone. This this Canadian, I, this young, exciting Canadian core is uh
0: disparate. Where is Ken Birch? That's a. You know what? We should do that. Oh,
2: do you, where are they now? Do you don't know. You don't know where he signed. Well, he I, signed I, 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 on Marc Gasol's Spanish team. I was, I was going to be my guy AOB, guy. one of my AOBs. He signed on Marc Gasol's team in oh, Girona, okay. Spain well good for him i probably pronounced that good for mark
0: good for mark for your time all right uh okay let's uh let's move on quickly i think one of the things we were going to do just quickly run through lucas where where you and aaron and i'll i'll chime in i have my thoughts too on the uh mvp race as we head into the last 30 games of the season uh now obviously the big news is Embiid is out of that contest uh so that changes things and i personally now think it's a two-horse race but i'm interested to see what you guys uh so why don't you give me your top three three candidates for MBP now that Embiid's out.
1: Yeah, so I'll preface that by saying Embiid was the top of my list by a pretty safe margin uh, before yeah. the before the meniscus tear, which was being re- weirdly reported, but it is a meniscus tear. <laughs> um, but I have uh, Jokic atop my list. I think it's there's four guys that you can make, I think, legitimate arguments for, but my as you said, two horse race, I've got Jokic and Shea as my top two. Okay. And then Giannis, kind of not a distant third, but a, just a peg below those two. And then Luca's the last guy who I think has a legitimate case right
0: now. Okay. That's, I think that, I think Aaron's going to probably be somewhere in that neighborhood. Let's see. Let's see.
2: I think I might throw a curveball at you. And Jokic has been incredible this year, but sometimes the MVP conversation comes down to a story, a narrative. And the fact that this Thunder team has been so good, and you look at them, and they didn't get a second All-Star this year, and I guess Denver didn't either. But you look at them, and you're like, there's no Michael Porter Jr. There's no Jamal Murray on this team. Like, I guess Chet is really good. He's a rookie. You have J-Dub, who's, who's having a great year. He's injured right now. But, like, I might put Shea number one. I don't think he'll necessarily win it, but if they win the West, and I think they're tied right now, I'm Shea Gilgis-Alexander for NBA MVP this year. Make it happen.
0: So, uh, do you want to? So, you have Jokic too, and then who do you have three, four?
2: And then, you know, as as Lucas mentioned, it's a distant third with any of these guys. Giannis is in that conversation. Although, like, to go back to narrative, the narrative of this Bucks season has been that they don't entirely fit the way they did before. And while his stats are certainly there, uh, you know, it's weird. The, the vibes, if you will, around this Bucks team have been down. So it seems weird to give him the award. Uh, Luca is having a great season. But if, if you want to talk about narratives, uh, as, as the reporter here, uh, Jalen Brunson is probably not a tr- traditional MVP, but he's having a great year and he's, he's doing a ton for that team. He was getting MVP chance the other night. And then Kawhi Leonard, he's back. He's healthy. The Clippers are having a great season. And obviously, that's a team that has a ton of talent around him. But like the way the Clippers are playing and the way that Kawhi Leonard looks right now looks like prime Kawhi Leonard. So those are probably the guys I've had in the, I would have in the conversation, but you know, Shea just Alexander for NBA or NBA MVP. Well, it's funny you say that because I actually put Shea, I put Shea first on my list too, just because obviously
0: he's going to be a Raptor one day. Um, so I would want to make sure he, he feels comfortable here knowing that we support him. Um, but I mean, it's obviously pretty close. I think there's two things right now. Plus by the way, the odds right now are Shea's plus two forty. Uh, so if you really believe in that, Aaron, it's a good, it's a good bet. Uh, Jokic minus one sixty. So I think the narrative around Denver is that they're kind of coasting a little bit this year. So that doesn't help you when you're an MVP candidate, right? It's just kind of like they're they're not as you know they're they're playing a, a more traditional role of a defending champ. Like they'll turn it on when they have to. So I don't think that helps them. Um, I think the the messaging around Milwaukee is more negative than positive. That's going to be a tough sell uh, for Giannis, even though his stats are great. So it does leave you with Shea and a great story. Problem is it's Oklahoma City. Small market. Uh, he's Canadian. Some of those things will work against him in in that uh, narrative. The Luca one, I think, is not even uh, remotely a possibility, or shouldn't be. I get it. He's awesome. You take him off that team, they're in massive trouble. But they are, you know, there are six, seven seed. Like the, generally speaking, unless you're Russell Westbrook in OKC, so there goes my small market theory. Um, when you're not a title contender, um, you know, it's rare that you're gonna you're gonna get a hard look. But we've left Tatum out of that, right? So I actually had Tatum in my list. I, I think. You know, they're going to win 63, 64, 65 games. He's clearly the lead dog. I think he's being uh, less talked about because of sort of the sum of all the parts over there. Um, And it's not him necessarily every night, even though I do think it's him most nights. Um, So I'm surprised that he's sort of lost the... Uh, you know, he's not in the conversation that sort of the national conversation a little bit more. Cause generally speaking, the best player on a 60-something win team is going to be in the MVP conversation. Uh so that one surprises me a little bit, but I did have him there and yeah, I like I like Kawhi and the resurgence there, but I think uh it might be too little, too late uh on that front. Uh and I don't and I don't believe you should get past someone like Shay. So I hope you're right about Shay. I did have him one, but I think it's it, it might be a year early for him, but even though, God, if you look at, what, what do he have, uh, 30, what was it last night, the stat they threw up there? He's got 37 30-point 30 games in his first 50, something like that, like second behind Jordan's 42 that one year. I mean, he is having an incredible uh, year, and he's the lead dog of potentially a one or two seed. So he he ticks all the boxes uh, to be an MVP candidate. So there we go. All right. Uh, all right. With are we, missing, uh, Aaron? are we missing anything else on the agenda that we put forth, or is it just right to what drives you crazy? And uh, AOB. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, listen, uh, Lucas. Every week we have a segment that drives you crazy. It doesn't always have to be sports related. I know you've had a couple ideas of what you're doing this week, which is great. But this can be anything. It's just it's just a little. It's a little commentary. Of what's going on in your life? Whether it be sports related, travel related, whatever, girlfriend related, doesn't matter. Uh, so it can be anything. But with that, why don't we let Aaron uh, lead the way because he's so uh, adept in this arena? Uh, and so what, Aaron? Show show Lucas the way
2: yeah this isn't going to be a great what drives you because it doesn't really frustrate me but maybe we should talk about doc rivers as the head coach of the uh eastern conference all-star team and i think he's he's giving up that spot but what is it he he earned the right with five games coached (laughs) as the uh milwaukee bucks head coach now there's some conversation he's going to give the money to adrian griffin and he might let his assistant coaches coach the game but uh another well-deserved honor for doc rivers uh five games i think probably a losing record and now he gets to coach the eastern conference in the all-star game
0: well i mean listen that was a loophole obviously and and doc's yeah. handled that the best way possible uh certainly in in uh in the media uh but yeah he was one and two and got the nod his first win after he got his first win he got the nod uh so i'll be interested to see what th- my guess is that uh the league won't let him not go um for whatever reason they won't get won't be able to give it to the assistants but um i think he's handled the right way but yeah it's i mean it's kind of crazy i think listen i think it's stupid that the same coach can't go two years in a row that to me is a dumb rule if the players can go every year why can't the coaches maybe adrian griffin should just go
2: oh, send yeah, him out yeah, there. that would
0: be awesome <laughs> that would be awesome that's a great idea there you know what there's so many good ideas out there that leagues they should listen to their they should listen to their fans more often um all right lucas does that give you an idea do you are you you want me to go you or do you wanna, you wanna, Go in the middle. How do you want to do this?
1: Yeah. Uh, again, I kept it basketball related because that's sure. just kind of what I do. Um, the I mentioned it earlier. There, the report on the Joel Embiid injury was super, super weird. Like the the amount of gymnastics that they went through. Oh, be like, oh, it's it's a meniscus injury. The meniscal flap has been torn. There's a a corrective procedure. It's like it's a torn meniscus, and he's having surgery to repair a torn meniscus. That's what it is. I, I don't know what the obsession was with being like. Oh, you know, it's like no, like it's it doesn't matter if it's a flap that's like the meniscus is torn it's a procedure that's going to take six to eight weeks to recover from like that's i was just i was really shocked by the the linguistic gymnastics that shams especially Yeah, what are you trying doing? to hide yeah exactly to hide. well they're trying to not like be all doom gloom with philly being not not out of it but it's like hey your mvp towards meniscus like, like i get you're trying to keep some level of optimism but the reporting on that i'm like wow this is just so strange like
0: well listen i don't i don't know um i didn't follow the philly press on that one after but i i have to assume there were some questions being asked as to hell why he was still in that game when he was when uh Kuminga fell on his knee like you could just tell that was a game they were probably not going to get and he was in there pretty late into it and i get it you know you're never out of a in an nba game you're really never out of it but i just don't understand like this is the whole uh you know, maybe the nurse mantra: of, I play my guys, I play my guys until they until they can't play." Well, now he's he's got a guy who can't play for a while, but I, I don't know what they're saying as far as um, timeline. Are they? I think he's back for
2: playoffs, isn't he? It's got to be vague. You got to keep it vague.
1: I think I think Shams actually said he said one to two months. I think which lines up with that typical six to eight week timeline. If it's not yeah. a full, if it's not a full like reconstruction of the meniscus, there. But yeah, yeah
0: that's a, that's a problem. But you know, the good news on that one for me is it might get me to my. Philadelphia not winning their over under total bet this year. That's what's the most, that yeah, that's very, the most important here. That is very important. Yes, it is very important, actually. Uh, seeing as my Raptors one's dead, I bet the over on them this year, um, 36 and a half. I was optimistic. You know what, Lucas? I take so much shit on socials for being like the negative. Everything's, uh, you know, I, I had the worst takes because I'm always negative. This, that, that. I was very positive at the beginning of the season. I was the only mm-hmm. one on this podcast who was positive. I think I said something like 45 wins for this team at one stage. Um so obviously, yeah, that's that's not gonna happen. So yeah, that was a I'm little clear. crazy.
1: That was a little so, crazy. Well right?
0: I know. It was, after, it was after game one. They they beat Minnesota. I was like, oh shit, they're not gonna lose to anybody this year. Uh and then they proceeded to lose quite a bit. Um all right, for, for, listen, I'm sticking on the gambling theme on my what drives you crazy because um Lucas, I don't know I don't know if you're a gambler or not, but if you're not, don't become one. Right? good uh, advice. Yeah, That, that it is nice. good advice. But, you know, I don't know if you uh, do you know about this, Lucas, you might. So my kids 18 and 14. There's this thing called Fliff. Have you heard of Fliff? I have. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. is like the big, it's the dirtiest uh, or most horrible uh, application out there. It's basically, um, and Lucas, you can, you maybe might be able to help me here. It is a, an app. It's basically a betting app for kids where they, what do they give them like 10 cents a day or something like that, but it's like a full proper betting and they can just bet. And then when you're, you, but you can't cash out until you're 18, but they give you real money to bet with, but it's like dimes, right? It's dimes in court. Am I doing this right, Lucas? Is that right? Did I have The gist of it?
1: Yeah, I I didn't even know it was real money. I thought it was like like it's no, it's half, a- like I had no I, I I've never used it, but I had no idea it was real money, yeah, even it's if it's only sense. If
0: you build it, if you build it up enough, by the time you're into eighteen, you can ca- you can literally cash out for cash, or at least that's what those two have told me. Chance of them reading the fine print on any of this shit is like less than zero. So who knows what it is? Right? Could be ice cream. It could be an ice cream when they're eighteen. I have no idea. Uh, but my point is on my gambling site, uh, cause I do like to Kit and I are, 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 probably problematic gamblers. Um, and it's been a long time since I got to the point where I thought, Oh, I can actually cash out money because you have to do that every once in a while, right? You got to feel good about the process. If you don't cash out every once in a while, like I have a couple of friends who have never cashed out. They've been gambling for, I don't know how many years, but they've never cashed out I, at that stage. It's just, you just feel like, well, you might as well burn it at that stage. You have to cash out. I'm not saying you're going to be positive in it, but you have to cash out. So I go to cash out and you would have thought I was trying to solve world peace to try and get my money back. So I live in Bermuda. My, uh, they take my money from Bermuda. I go to cash out and they go, yeah, we can't send money to Bermuda. That's what they told me. They can't send the money to but you can take it from Bermuda. So now I have to jump through all these different hoops. I have to send to my bank account in Canada. The bank in Canada is like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, this money's trying to, where's this money coming from? So I have to tell this woman on the uh, customer service line that's coming. <laughs> you know what? I shouldn't be embarrassed or I shouldn't be, but it's like, oh yeah, it's coming from my online gambling account. And she's like, oh, oh, let me, uh, all right. So I'm, I'm dealing with that whole thing. Uh, and then by the time I actually got the funds, I'd already put it back in my account because I, I was out. I, I, my shitty stretch kicked in and I had to put more money back in. So yeah, I did it all for nothing, but it's kind of bullshit. Drives me crazy. They, I should be able to get the money as quickly as I, as I,
2: as they take it from me. That's my, can I point. make a suggestion? Stop gambling. Maybe you should read the fine print. <laughs> well, I can assure you,
0: I can assure you it does not say on bet 365. We do not uh, deliver money to Bermuda. I don't even know why Bermuda's on the blacklist. It makes no sense. Um, so, anyways, that's just, I'm just saying, betting sites, just come on. When I want my money, give it to me. Just give it to me quickly. Why does it go right back on your credit card or whatever? Like, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's all crazy. Um, all right. With that, uh, Aaron, AOB, you've got a couple AOBs for us.
2: Yeah. I'll, we talked about Marcus Sall, who I see behind Lucas. Uh, he officially retired from professional basketball. As we approach the trade deadline season, I was quickly thinking about the greatest trade deadline trades of all time. I'm sure, you know, Kevin Durant is a bigger name, but when you think about like trade deadline deals that just worked perfectly, the Marcus All trade worked perfectly. The Raptors yeah. don't win that championship without Marcus All. He came in, he gave you a year and a half of just good basketball, very good basketball. Um By all accounts, a really good dude. There's some great reporting about the stuff he does to help refugees. Uh, A a good dude, a great basketball player, a really smart basketball player. He's now the president of his hometown Girona basketball team. So uh, happy trails, Marcus. Uh, Saw a very brief but a very impactful, successful Raptors career.
0: All right, two things on that. Did anyone know think he wasn't retired already?
2: He was playing in Spain last year. He yeah, had not played this year. Yeah, but I mean, from the
0: NBA. I mean, I think he, rep- he retired from the NBA, didn't
2: he not? He did. And, and yeah. did you see this? Is, I guess this is the other thing. Did you see when they're retiring his jersey for the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are going to retire his jersey? Did well, you I see saw, what no, game they picked? Is it not, Do you not guess? Toronto? No, we no it's them. not Toronto. Yeah. It is the Philadelphia 76ers. So I don't know if Joel Embiid is going to be there now that he's injured, but it's oh, pretty right, epic it's- trolling that they picked the 76ers to honor right? Marcus Gasol. So he can, and there you go. There the you go. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. With that quickly, any lasting, what's your lasting Gasol uh, memory in a Raptors uni?
2: I would or say that not he, in uni? You, you just mentioned it. it. It was probably what he did in that 76ers series in hugging, uh, uh, that awesome. and hugging Joel Embiid and shutting down Joel Embiid the way he did. Uh, again, just a, a legendary Raptors player who wasn't Lucas? here for very long. Uh, yeah
1: aaron said it. that philly series i always said not immediately after but of course looking in hindsight i'm like that 76ers team was probably winning the championship in my opinion that year if it wasn't for the Kawhi shot and marcus hall was, yeah um, marcus hall uh, was great
0: yeah but how about gasol how about him chugging the 26 ouncer on the parade That's and, and a legendary season. parade. I, mean, I cannot believe how quickly he drank that thing and like, how is he still walking an
2: hour later Oh, he he barely was. He's hardly walking. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. I suspect that wasn't his first time drinking. I think he's been doing no, that, but that for, was for a few years now. That yeah. was
0: impressive at 11 in the morning. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, all right, Lucas, before you go, uh, AOB, so any other business, if you want anything you want to mention, but please uh, remind everyone where they can find you on socials before you get out of here.
1: Yeah. Uh, primarily, I'm on Instagram, uh, NBA in depth. So it's NBA dot in underscore depth. So you have to forgive me. I made the username when I was 15. So... <laughs>
0: Maybe a little kludgy, but whatever. Yeah, stick I like the fact you stuck with it. Good. Good for you. Uh anything else that you uh want to share?
1: No, I think you guys kind of touched on everything <laughs> that I wanted to get through here.
0: All right, well let's just do quickly AOB. So we used to do uh a gambling segment on this pod and we used to talk a lot of football. So with the uh Super Bowl coming up, uh Lucas, do you have any do you have a, a pick for us in the Super Bowl? Kansas City? San Francisco, do you care? Who does no, I,
1: I, I mean? How many Super Bowls has Patrick Mahomes been to? I usually I would just side with him. I'm not a huge football guy, but I always well, watch the Super Bowl. And for him, I always watch the Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes is always there.
0: So, okay, Aaron, I know I know this will be hot. This will be
2: hot button for you. I think I'm going to go with Mahomes. homes. Uh, you know, after the 76ers beat my Packers, I kind of, kind of hate the 76ers. Now, do you have an over under on the number of 49 Niners? Cut- I think he hit the 49ers. Not, the 76ers Sorry, did not beat the Packers. 76ers, same thing. 49ers. So. Um, do you have an over under on the number of Taylor Swift cutaways we should be expecting S- Sunday?
0: Well, that will be a prop bet. Um, for sure. And I think they're taking so much heat for it, but I think anytime Kelsey touches the ball or doesn't t- like, or make you drop, like, I think that's it. So that's probably, he's going to be, Targeted probably ten times, maybe te- like so. I'm going to say the over is probably twelve and a half. A lot and of the tail over's tailors tailors going tailors. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Well, listen, I'm going to take the points as well. They're getting two and a half right now. I think that's the biggest mistake in the history of sports uh, wagering. The Chiefs underdogs with the best quarterback plus two and a half. I that's my it's my free it's free for everybody for all our our, our traditional real time listeners. There you go. My one and only pick of the year. It's free. It is, and I used to have like a, a twenty-five thousand. This is my twenty-five thousand star lock play of the year. So there you go. There you go. Um, all right. Well, with that, um, Aaron Kitchens is here, so you got to you got to do the uh, got to do the honors.
2: A down ballot MVP candidate, Kawhi Leonard. Take it away.
0: Oh, nice, nice.
2: Kawhi up top looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win. Yeah.
0: <laughs>